0: Hello, church, and welcome to the FUMC Borough Podcast. My name is Ben Shaw. I am the Director of Modern Worship and Media here at the church. And this week's message is brought to you by Chrysalin Durham. She is our pastor of Congregational Care. Her sermon is called Reign of Christ, and she's preaching from Matthew chapter 25, verses 31 through 46. We appreciate you joining us here on the podcast. We would also love for you to join us this coming Sunday at 8.30 a.m. for modern worship or 10.30 a.m. for traditional worship. Both of those services are offered virtually via our website, Facebook, and YouTube, or in person. Head on over to fumcm.org for more information about our safety protocols if you choose to join us in person. We are so glad that you have chosen to be in ministry here with us at First United Methodist Church of Murfreesboro, Tennessee. And we pray that we can all live into our mission of growing disciples of Jesus Christ who know him, love him, and serve him for the transformation of Murfreesboro and the world.
1: Our scripture this morning comes from Matthew 25, verses 31 through 46. Hear the word of the Lord. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will put the sheet at his right hand and the goats at his left hand. Then the king will say to those at his right hand, Come, you that are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you took care of me. I was in prison. who are members of my family, you did it also to me. Then he will say to those at his left hand, you that are accursed, depart from me into the internal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me no food. I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger and you did not welcome me. Naked and you did not give me clothing, sick and in prison and you did not visit me. Then they will also answer, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry or thirsty or stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not care for you? Then he will answer them, truly, I tell you, just as you did not do it for the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. This is the word of God for the people of God, and so we say, thanks be to God. This past week, I went for a drive because I needed to get out of the house. As I got ready to leave my house, I turned on my favorite podcast, Unlocking Us by Brene Brown. She's one of my favorite authors and researchers. What I love about her is that she isn't afraid to talk about the hard stuff. She isn't afraid to help the reader or the listener come face-to-face with their own selves. She invites us to be vulnerable and to be compassionate, not just with one another, but with ourselves. As I opened the podcast app, I saw there was a new show. Yes, I will totally go back and listen to shows that I've already heard. (laughs) But on this day... The guest was the one and only Dolly Parton. Now, I don't know about you, but growing up in Tennessee, I heard a whole lot about Dolly Parton. I know a lot of her music. In fact, I bet many of you do as well, and you don't even realize that she wrote it. The other thing I love about Dolly is I love to hear her story It was a great podcast, and as I listened, I was amazed to hear the words come from Dolly's mouth about Matthew 25, the words that we heard this morning. She spoke on how she wrote a song about the least of these. When I got home, I went to look up that song. I couldn't find it. I couldn't find the name of the song in the podcast. And trust me, I tried. I listened multiple times and could not find what she had said. So for me, that turned out to be a God thing that was a reminder to me to pay attention to the least of these. But what does the least of these actually mean? We learn from scripture this morning that the least of these consisted of those who were hungry, thirsty, a stranger, needing clothing, sick, or in prison. Those who are hungry, thirsty, sick, or in prison seem to be a bit obvious to me as to the meaning, but I feel like we need to define a bit more as to what it meant to be a stranger. In the times of Jesus, when someone was a stranger in a town, there wasn't really hotels or hostels for them to stay in. Oftentimes, they had to rely on the hospitality of those in that community. This idea of stranger could also be defined as those who are exiled from their country or from another country who have no rights and no protection. The best example that I have found that really defines this idea of radical hospitality is the city of Le Chambon, France during World War II. In the book, Lest Innocent Blood Be Shed, we find this small village of about 3,000 people and a poor Protestant pastor who found a way to hide over 2,500 to 5,000 Jews. By giving them a place to stay and food to eat as they journeyed toward freedom, Le Chambon was a, shop, a stop along the way. But see, these people were not only willing to give of themselves in the form of food, drink, and a place to stay; they were also willing to risk their lives. They understood what it meant to care for the least of these. John Wesley also invites us to live into this call to care for the least of these by what he calls the means of grace. The means of grace are ways that God works invisibly in disciples, hastening, strengthening, and confirming faith so that God's grace pervades in and through his disciples. There are two types of means of grace. One is works of piety and the other is works of mercy. It is in the works of mercy that we find the invitation that Jesus gives us today, doing good works, visiting the sick, visiting those in prison, feeding the hungry, and giving generously to the needs of others, seeking justice, ending oppression and discrimination, For instance, Wesley challenged Methodists to end slavery and addressing the needs of the poor. I think often when we read this text from Matthew 25 and think about what you did for the least of these you also did for me, our minds immediately go to what some would call the end times. After all, these verses conclude a discourse from Jesus where he has been teaching about the responsibility of disciples with an emphasis on being ready for the coming of the Lord, implying the thought of judgment. But I happen to believe that Jesus isn't actually just giving us these words to tell us how it will be when Jesus returns. I believe he's trying to help us. He's helping us understand what it means to be uncomfortable, to be challenged, to turn the world upside down by living into this radical hospitality and ultimately living into the gospel that he taught us by the way that he lived. You may not realize this, but today is a holy day in the church. Yes, it's the Sunday before Thanksgiving where we offer words of thanks, which we should probably do every day. It is also the end of the church year for us, where next week when we come to gather, Advent will begin us in a new year. But this holy day is called Reign of Christ Sunday, or Christ the King Sunday. It is on this day that we take a moment to think about what it means to call Christ king and how his kingship changed the world then and continues to change the world today. When we think about a king, we all have a specific thought in mind. Strong, wise, powerful, In biblical times, kings were seen as gods or as fierce creatures, as powerful and destructive people bent on conquest and domination. I think in some ways this was the kind of king that the Jews really wanted and expected. They wanted someone to come and take over. They wanted a king who would bring power to them again. They wanted a king who would possess the skills to not only take over, but to run a country. They wanted a David, a Saul, or a Solomon. Instead, they got a man who was born in a stable, someone who didn't desire power or fame. He desired to serve. What kind of a king serves others? Instead, they got a man who spent several years in the constant company of fishermen, a tax collector, and even the unwanted in society. What kind of a king spends time with the unwanted? Instead, they got a man who touched a blind man and healed him, and who said things like, Your faith has made you well, and your sins are forgiven. Get up and walk. What kind of a king has that kind of power? Instead, they got a man who was betrayed by a dear friend, denied by someone who he trusted in, was doubted by someone he loved, and in response, offered forgiveness. What kind of king forgives? Instead, they got a man who was tortured, beaten, spat upon, and killed. Now, anyone could say that could happen to a king, but a king would have fought back. Instead, they got a man who was laid in a grave and the stone was rolled in place. Now, this has happened to a king multiple times. The amazing thing about Jesus was that he rose from the dead after three days later. What kind of king is this man? Jesus wasn't the king that everyone expected. He was so much more. He taught us how to love. He taught us how to be in community with one another. He taught us what it meant to care for the least of these. You see, when we talk about Christ as king, we have to recognize that he did not come to cause division. He did not come to coerce or to dominate. He came to heal. He came to bring wholeness to a broken world. The celebration of the reign of Christ, or Christ the King, turns us towards the least of these. It turns us towards justice and relationship. It turns us towards reconciliation. It turns us towards compassion. It turns us towards difficult things. The reality is all of us confront the least of these on a regular basis. Hunger and thirst, homelessness and nakedness and sickness and imprisonment. The scripture is not asking us to solve these problems unless it is us who has those answers. But it is inviting us to respond to the human need right in front of us. Feed people. Give them water, give them shelter, give them clothing, provide health care, visit and console those who are in prison. Ultimately, all Christ is asking of us in this moment is to see Christ in each and every person that we encounter. All of them are Christ and are of sacred worth the hungry, the thirsty, the homeless stranger, the naked ones, the sick and the suffering, those who struggle for mental illness, those in prison. Our call is to respond to their need with active love and simple compassion. Christ's call on our lives as followers has always been a very simple call. Yet it is a call that is still radical to a society that at moments would prefer to not embrace the vulnerable, who at moments would prefer to turn a blind eye, who at moments would prefer to make the vulnerable even more vulnerable. When we get down to it, the difference in the sheep and the goats is that the sheep not only saw the least of these as their neighbor, but they reached out to help. The goats simply did nothing. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, may the people of God say, Amen.